Welcome to the First Assembly podcast. We hope you enjoyed this week's message and find encouragement through the Holy Spirit. Happy Mother's Day, everybody. And hello, First Assembly family. Thank you for joining us online. And this is a very special day today. I am blessed to be able to share this morning with you a word that's been on my heart. And uh, it is my prayer and my hope that you all will be able to take this and allow the Holy Spirit to do some amazing things in your life. So with it being Mother's Day, uh, I've done some reflecting, and I'm sure you will do the same today as well. You know, to be a mom is something you don't get a degree on, you don't get some sort of special qualification. It, it just kind of happens. There's no custom-made manual. There's no lifetime warranty with a refund or an exchange policy, no exam, and no interview. You just become a mom. But what an amazing thing it is to be a mom as well. And so today, I just want to acknowledge all the moms today. I know my mom is listening. I know my mother in love is listening today. And there are moms who don't have their children with them today, and there are children who don't have their moms with them today. This, of all years, would be one of those years. But you need to know how valued you are. And so I bless you today, moms. I can remember when I first became a mom to my oldest, and just the daunting task of what that would bring. Uh, I remember even just having one of those moments where I woke up And I thought, I'm somebody's mom. (laughs) And all of the feelings and emotions that came with that in in the shock of realizing, you ask yourself, do I have what it takes? Am I responsible enough? How will I know what to do and when to do it? You've probably been doing a lot of different things since you've been home during this COVID-19 isolation time. And one of the things our family has done is we've enjoyed some movies in the evening. If you have Disney+, Plus, there's a movie called Elephants. And this was a movie we watched as a family and really enjoyed it. I would recommend it. Maybe it's the most exciting thing you can do today. But it's a story of a herd of elephants that are all female. And they are migrating in a part of Africa through some of the most desolate desert Uh, places. They put themselves in these dangerous situations. There are babies born on this journey. They go without food or water even for days, and they find themselves in places that require the most imaginable, unimaginable ways of survival. At one point, they walk through a lion territory, and let me tell you, You don't ever want to get in the way of an aggressive mama elephant because she just steps right in and does everything she can to protect that baby. There also is a time in this story where there's a baby that begins to sink in some mud, and it's another mother who comes in to rescue that baby. I was just absolutely blessed to be able to watch the unity that came with these mothers and how the strongest helped the weakest, and together they were strong. What a beautiful picture of how God has created motherhood. In Genesis 1.1, it says that God creates the heavens and the earth. In Genesis 5.1, 
it says he created male and female in his image. So he created everything in us to be qualified to do what he has called us to do, including motherhood. The Bible refers to this idea of the mother heart of God quite often in scriptures. And I believe that as we are created in the image of God, we were called to nurture and care for others just like him. But he doesn't want us to do it alone. He wants us to call on him so that he can give us the qualified gift through his Holy Spirit if we ask him. He allows us to see things beyond the natural, to discern, and to have a kingdom mindset. And so although I am honoring mothers today and addressing motherhood, I also believe that whether you're a mother or not, the Holy Spirit has something today for everyone. So dads, stay tuned in with us. Um, Kids, teens, young adults, I believe that in the nurture of how we've been made, God has something for all of us and for his church and for his children. We've been in a series called Hope is Here. And what a timely series this is to have hope and to be focusing on what it means to have hope with us. And so today's title of of the message is A Meeting with Hope. And the story that I am wanting to refer to is about Solomon, and it comes from the book of 1 Kings. Now, if you know this story, you know that Solomon uh, was a very famous king, Um, He was a king whose heart was right before God, and he could have anything. And he had a time where he had a dream, and he had the opportunity to ask God of anything, and he decides to ask for wisdom. Solomon's name means peace, and during Solomon's reign, it was one of the most peaceful times for Israel. It's a story of redemption and hope, if you look for it. And it's in the book of 1 Kings chapter 3 that we're going to pick up the story. This happens after Solomon has had this encounter, this dream with God. And he asks for wisdom. God gives him wisdom. He goes to the temple and he worships. He has a banquet. And then he's given his first assignment. And this is where we pick it up. So I'm reading from 1 Kings chapter 3, verse Verse 16. The very next thing, two prostitutes showed up before the king. The one woman said, My master, this woman and I live in the same house. While we were living together, I had a baby. Three days after I gave birth, this woman also had a baby. We were alone. There wasn't anyone else in the house except for the two of us. The infant son of this woman died one night when she rolled over on him in her sleep. She got up in the middle of the night and took my son. I was sound asleep, mind you, and put him at her breast and put her dead son at my breast. When I got up in the morning to nurse my son, here was this dead baby. But when I looked at him in the morning light, I saw immediately that he wasn't my baby. Not so, said the other woman. The living one's mine, the dead one's yours. The first woman countered, no, your son's the dead one, mine's the living one. They went back and forth this way in front of the king. The king said, what are we to do? This woman says, the living son is mine and the dead one is yours. And this woman says, no, the dead one's yours and the living one's mine. After after a moment, the king said, bring me a sword. They brought the sword to the king and he said, cut the living baby in two. Give half to one and half to the other. 
the real mother of the living baby was overcome with emotion for her son and said, Oh no, master, give her the whole baby alive. Don't kill him. But the other one said, If I can't have him, you can't have him. Cut away. The king gave his decision. Give the living baby to the first woman. Nobody is going to kill this baby. She is the real mother. The word got around. Everyone in Israel heard of the king's judgment. They were all in awe of the king, realizing that it was God's wisdom that enabled him to judge truly. I just want to pause just to pray for a moment. Heavenly Father, I thank you for your word. And I thank you that as we search your word, God, we find gems. We find the rhema. We allow your Holy Spirit to do a work in us. And so, Lord, we invite that today in Jesus' name. Amen. First of all, this is a tragic story. There's so much pain in this. And as a mother, my heart grieves, especially for those who have lost a child. I can't even move past this point of the story without acknowledging this kind of real pain, especially on a day like today. And so we are thinking of you and we're praying for you if you can relate to this kind of pain. You know, we can have all the right intentions, all the resources, skills, and even environment. We can try our absolute best, but even in all of what is possible, the impossible can happen. Sad things, hard things. And I believe that it was at the hardest, desperate point of this hardship that caused such an event to happen. It's too much for us to bear on our own, even if we try to help ourselves or others in such a desperate situation. On our own, we will be limited. We need the wisdom of God. And Solomon knew this, which is why he asked for wisdom as a leader. The women knew this, which is why they took it to the king. So a meeting with hope, what does that look like? You know, the the Bible is all about Christ. The Old Testament, the New Testament, it all points to Christ. And when we look at Solomon, he is a picture of Christ. And so this morning, when we lean into what it looks like to have a meeting with hope, we're leaning in to what it looks like to meet with the king. We're leaning in to what it looks like to meet with Christ. First of all, hope welcomes you. You can come as you are. I love this story in the beginning where these women come as they are. The king is interested in hearing their story. There's no condemnation of what they have or haven't done. They feel freedom. Some scholars have actually looked at this story and have been puzzled at why these women as prostitutes would have even been able to enter the throne room, let alone meet with the king. But I believe it's a real picture of how Christ wants us to come to him. These ladies approached with boldness, with raw emotion and expression of where they were at. They brought their heartache and their pain, their struggle, their weariness. But they also brought jealousy and dishonesty and some of the real yucky stuff that we can carry. There in the throne room, they laid it all out, a picture of hopelessness, desperately in need. Just like King Solomon welcomed them, Christ also said in Matthew 11, Come to me, all of you who are weary and carry heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. Christ came to consistently example connection with us as we are. He came to our messy world in a messy stable. 
He opened the door that was blocked by sin and evil to this world, to his throne room where we have access to his presence. And that is amazing. Because in his presence, hope happens. Things shift. But we need to come to his throne room, messy and all, before anything else can happen. Hope knows when to draw a sword. And I remember when I first read through this story, when King Solomon asks for his sword. And if you've ever watched a movie or read a book, swords make us uncomfortable. We immediately think, someone's going to die. He focuses on the innocent in this story, that this baby would end up paying a price for another, taking the place of wrongdoings, even though he did nothing wrong himself. Ephesians 6.17 talks about the armor of God and tells us to put on our helmet of salvation, which is wisdom, and to take the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. Hebrews 4.12 says, For the word of God is alive and powerful. It's sharper than the sharpest two-edged sword, cutting between soul and spirit, between joint and marrow. It exposes our inmost thoughts and desires. This is exactly what happened. I don't think that it ever was Solomon's intention to sacrifice this baby. But by raising his sword, he exposed the truth. The powerful word and promises of God we need to feed on as well and declare every day of our lives because of what Christ did on the cross for us as the sacrifice as the innocent on, on, on our behalf he has given us new life, a new hope, and that authority to defeat the enemy's plan of division. That uncomfortable feeling that comes from the sword, it should only be the enemy that feels that uncomfortable feeling. The truth that sets us free and the hope that gives us life is from the kingdom of God. And I love what Proverbs 24, 14 says, know that wisdom is such to your soul if you find it. There will be a future and your hope will not be cut off. Hope contends for the kingdom. James 5.16 says, The earnest prayer of a righteous person has great power and produces wonderful results. The moment that sword was drawn, the rightful mother leaned into prayer, pleading on behalf of her baby, her people, her family, her kingdom, willing to do whatever was necessary. The sword, the word, draws us to stand in the gap for God's people. We call heaven to earth. We declare what is true, and we cry out on behalf of those who can't. We serve a merciful God, and we cry out for his mercy. By standing in the gap in prayer, we are intervening for healing, for deliverance, for life, for an answer, for the lost, for those who can't speak for themselves, the vulnerable, the lonely, the hurting, the needing. Mothers, for your children, for your husbands, for your family. Love stands in the gap and hope sets us free. And a meeting with hope does just that. It sets us free. It brings clarity in who we are. Solomon basically said, let me get this right. You're saying this and you're saying that. And I'm sure he found it to be incredibly confusing. Identity in this story is wrapped up in who owns the child, what they have instead of what they are. The king sets it straight. He draws the sword. Truth is revealed. 
The mother's response in love is to sacrifice, but the other mother is willing to sacrifice the baby and talk about messed up. These women have already lived a very hard life. They were prostitutes. They were slave to a lifestyle that already made them feel devalued. I don't think they had much provision to even raise a child, let alone have one. But this baby represented future, a new start, something of great value, an accomplishment, and hope. They had to come to a place of crisis to strip away everything to reveal where they were at. Only the child mattered. In the presence of King Jesus, we are like this child. We matter more to him as his child than any other identity we place on ourselves. And I can't help think of a better season right now than when we are left with ourselves to think about who we are and whose we are. We can do things, great things in his name. We can make our way in this world. But if we are not his child, we are limited and we're missing out on the greatest hope of all. He took our place to set us free and he gave us a name as his child. 1 John 3, 1. See how very much our father loves us for he calls us his children and this is what we are. Our number one identity, friends, comes from him. Like this mother's child. Christ sees us as his child. He would do anything for us and he did. He died for us. His hope sets us free In this freedom, we walk in who we are, in strength, in value, in health, in boldness, confidence, ability. Our gifts and our opportunities flow out of that freedom from knowing who we are as Christ's child. When King Solomon said in verse 27, nobody is going to kill this baby. She is the real mother. I'm sure that she felt empowered After an encounter in the presence of the king, she walked out of that throne room with confidence. She knew who she was and who she was assigned to. The hope had set her free. 1 Peter 1.3, all praise to God, the Father, our Lord Jesus Christ from the dead. Now we live with great expectation and we have a priceless inheritance. Perhaps in this time of crisis, or any crisis for that matter, you find yourself at the feet of King Jesus. And I know I have had some very precious times in prayer and in worship and just quiet, just to think. And it's in that time that I draw near to him that I truly feel set free. I truly feel the freedom of his hope. Maybe it's mindsets. Maybe it's a a false hope or a false identity. Maybe you found yourself not how you want to be, jealous or desperate, disappointed or alone. Maybe this crisis has allowed you to feel as though you've lost your way. The worry and anxiety seems to be a, a really big thing right now. Christ came to meet with us and to give us hope, everlasting hope. And today can be your meeting with hope. Because of what Christ did for us, we have that hope if we ask for it. And so I want to pray. And if that's you today, 
If you're watching today and you're, you're thinking to yourself, I, I have not experienced this kind of hope. I have not met with the King of Kings. And I'm ready. Then I would love to be able to pray with you today. So if that's you, would you agree with me? Dear Jesus, I thank you that you took the place on my behalf. I thank you that you love me so much that you would do that for me. And God, I ask you to forgive my sin. I ask you to come into my life. I ask you to be the king of my life so that I can meet with this kind of hope. And I ask that you would fill me with this kind of hope that we've heard about today, Lord, as your promises that the sword says, and we stand on them. They are yes and amen. I thank you, Jesus, for coming into my life and being my Lord and my King and my Savior. In Jesus' name, amen. I am so glad you prayed that prayer. And if you did, we want to connect with you. There should be a number on your screen. Feel free to call that number or uh, to contact us on the website. And we would love to be able to help you journey, to give you a sword yourself, the word of God, and help you experience this great hope that we're talking about. Finally, hope is contagious. And in 1 Kings 3.28, at the end of the story, the word got around and everyone in Israel heard of the king's judgment. It says they were all in awe of the king, realizing that it was God's wisdom that enabled him to judge truly. When you encounter this kind of hope from the king of kings, people notice you live differently. It's a new start, a new beginning, a child of the king with value and promise and purpose beyond crisis or circumstance. You have a destiny. The king is made famous, and you are part of his kingdom. Mothers, just as Solomon declared, you are the mother of your child. And I just speak life over you, and I declare over you that you have everything inside of you that God has placed inside of you to be the mother that you can be, and that you're not alone, that you can call out, you can cry out to the Holy Spirit, and he will give you what you need when you need it. I can't even count the amount of times that God has helped me with that very thing, giving me what I need when I need it, and it is amazing. The Holy Spirit is available to you 24-7 as you enter that throne room and in his presence to attain wisdom. So God bless you, moms. You are loved, you are valued, and you are empowered. And I wish you a happy Mother's Day, and God bless you, FA Church. Thank you so much for listening to this message. We pray that you have received truth and have been encouraged. For more information about First Assembly, how to get connected, and to listen to our latest worship albums, please visit our website at www.fa.church.